Welcome to another episode of Professors at Work. I'm your host, Rami Khouri, at the American University of Beirut. Every week we talk to a professor or researcher about the work they're doing, the scientific research they're doing, what they're discovering, and what it means for the rest of us. I'm particularly happy to have this week Professor Mohammed Abyad, who is Director of Laboratories for the Environment, Agriculture, and Food, otherwise known as LEAF. Uh, he's also associate professor in the Nutrition and Food Sciences Department in the Faculty of Agriculture and Food Sciences. Uh, thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you, Rami, for having me, and it's a pleasure to be with you today. So the work you're doing in LEAF uh, covers just about every dimension of life, water, agriculture, so sociology, legal issues, export, import. Uh, th there's a ton of things that are happening in the uh, environment, agriculture, and food. So tell me why you created this research and, uh, and, uh, and uh, advocacy program and, and, and how you're going about your work. Actually, uh, Ramia, the, this uh, LEAF, uh, Laboratories for the Environment, Agriculture, and Food, uh, started, was established in 1997 uh, with a grant from the USAID. It used to be called the Environmental Core Lab or the Environmental Lab. And it used to be under the Faculty of Medicine for uh, a long, a long time. Uh, it was uh, supported in 2008 by a, a grant from the EU and the Ministry of Economy and Trade under the Qualab Quality Program. And the mission was to provide analytical services for the agri-food industry. That was the initial uh, mission of the lab uh, back then. In uh, 2020, uh, early that year, in January, we started uh, discussing moving the lab uh, to uh, from the Faculty of uh, Medicine to the Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences. And in March 2020, uh, that deal was finalized and we moved it to uh, the faculty. And then we changed the name from the EVL or the Environmental Core Lab into LEAF because now we added more services to it. We uh, did a restructuring, we did uh, a lot of things, a lot of uh, restructuring added services and changed the mission and the vision uh, of our lab. So basically, we wanted to be one of the reference labs in Lebanon and the Arab world uh, for analytical testing, and that's where we we started. And then that what we put in mind, and we wanted to serve uh, all kinds of organization from governmental, non-governmental, industry in general, the agri-food sector in specific, as we are based in the Faculty of Agriculture. And and you uh -huh. know, as the faculty's name. It's agricultural and food sciences, right? There are a lot of uh, a lot of topics that can be covered under that. You've got soil, you've got animal feed, you've got food, you've got pharmaceuticals, you've got water, you've got soil, wastewater, compost. So the the, the our mission now became a, a holistic one, not only focusing on. Uh, medical or on uh, environmental issues as mm -hmm. previously was, but we expanded the scope. So we wanted to provide more high-quality services with international standards uh, analy in analy analytical testing and training uh, to cover food, animal feed, pharmaceuticals, water, soil, wastewater, and compost, and that we, we covered the whole industry. Wow, that's pretty uh, broad scope. Yeah, yeah, surely is. And, and, and we were uh, sorry. Go ahead. And we were inspired, like you know, we want to train 
and inspire the minds of future leaders who can promote, you know, the, the, the slogan of our faculty is healthy earth, healthy food, and healthy people. So we mm -hmm. wanted to inspire that, and, and this is where our inspiration to, to combine all these services together. And when you talk of analytical testing, are you basically taking samples of food and samples of soil and um, air qu uh, quality or whatever and testing them in your lab? Yes, we do a lot of services like that. We uh, we test food. We def we test different matrices from food to soil to water. We receive samples from uh, different organizations, from individuals as well, from hospitals and all that. Uh, and we run uh, the samples in the lab. We have uh, a team of uh, four analysts. Uh, in addition to three managerial positions in, in the lab, we have got uh, product, uh, we do have product development as well. So we do analytics for uh, testing services, for compliance with local standards, international standards, to govern products that are coming into the country, leaving the country, or being produced locally for the local government, uh, for the local uh, society, uh, from food to uh, you name it. Right. And does, when you give a, a result, um, is that taken pretty seriously by the government, by the importing agency, by the private sector, or is it just advisory? Uh, in the beginning, we were advisory, but now uh, it is being taken seriously by the government and by everybody. And now, we, uh, whenever there are, you know, there, there are a lot of labs in Lebanon. Uh, you know, you've got governmental labs, private labs. So whenever the results between those labs uh, don't match, we are always the third party. We are the judge on... Oh, nice. And our results are the ones that are mostly uh, trusted among everybody. So whenever, let's say, products coming in through customs, they get stopped there. Customs have questions. The client takes them to some lab to test it. They don't trust the results. They bring them to us to judge and, and give our verdict on, on the product coming in. We've done a lot of that uh, recently and before. And now we were, we were ISO certified back in 2017, but unfortunately that expired and we are working on renewing it. We've got, we have signed uh, several MOUs. We are a trusted, uh, if you want, uh, supplier or testing supplier for the Lebanese army, for the Italian army in Lebanon. Uh, we are also working closely with the Ministry of Economy and Trade, Ministry of Agriculture, Ministry of Environment, and we do a lot of projects for them, testing for them. We work also with the uh, uh, Litani River Authority on testing the water quality whenever they have problems with fish dying in the lake, in the Karaun Lake, as you know. Uh, we are always the resort they come to for, for advice, for testing, to, make, to uh, try to see what's going on with the fish, what's going on with the water quality, is that deteriorating, what's happening, and all that contamination. So give us some uh, examples of uh, tests you've done, whether they are positive, uh, approving them, whatever the material you tested, or certifying it, or negative, saying this is dangerous and can't be used. Well, recently we've been working with uh, the Ministry of Economy and Trade and uh, the Ministry of Environment on the seaport explosion. Uh, we've been analyzing all the grains that were left there uh, since day one. Uh, you know, the explosion happened in August, uh, on August 4th, uh, 2020. 
unfortunately it's a year ago and then uh, in september 2020 uh, a, a committee was formed uh, to look into the options and evaluate the grains so initially the grains uh, i'm giving you this example as it's it's uh, i'm chairing currently chairing the committee on uh, cleaning up that area so uh, uh, which was set by the ministry of economy and trade so what we did initially we uh, they wanted to uh, reuse or use the grains from the explosion or whatever was left after the explosion on that date in September back uh, then 2020 uh, for animal feed. They said, well, you know what? It's not good for human consumption. Let's do it for animal feed. Well, we tested it and we decided that these grains cannot be used for animal feed. So since then, different solutions were being proposed. So we stopped it. Uh, stop them from being used for human or animal consumption because you know if you enter if any contaminants enter the food supply chain it's going to stay in the food supply chain and it's going to end up even if you feed it for to the animals like cows cattle whatever it's going to end up in the milk or the meat and then end up uh, us being uh, uh, consuming it so having to stop that from the beginning before it started it prevented it from entering our supply chain and the food chain. Then recently we've been working on this until the recent government has been formed back in September and they got approval from the parliament. Uh, I've been, uh, I started chairing the committee on, on, on that. And we, we, since then we're trying to analyze and look for solutions. You know, the grains deteriorated. They've been sitting there under the rain, under the wind, under the environment there and being the getting deteriorated by the day so now we were looking along with a, comp a french company uh, who's uh, contracted to solve the problem down there and we were studying and doing all the tests for them at uh, what solutions could be done on that so they proposed the uh, composting and we evaluated the grains for them and we found out that yes that solution is uh, uh, we can go ahead with that solution. Another thing that we did, they did, uh, they proposed doing them, uh, doing them or converting them into briquettes that could be used for heating. You know, oh, wow. th then we had to look into those briquettes. We got the standards, the international standards uh, for analysis uh, on, on these and what could be the specs for these uh, briquettes. And we did all the analysis for them from heavy metals to when you burn them, what would be the volatile mm -hmm. uh, volatiles and the gases that will be released from that. And we helped them in establishing that this is uh, another method that can be adopted for for uh, for those grains. So now they're gonna based on our results and our test results, the two proposed solutions are they're gonna go ahead with the two proposed solutions. So oh, that's interesting. So if you take uh, those are two examples, I'm sure there's many many more. But if you take a a global view of uh, let's say the uh, um, the food and uh, agricultural products uh, in Lebanon, um, and you know it well because you work in it, would you say that consumers can be pretty confident that anything they buy in a shop is going to be safe or are there still weak points in the system of testing? Uh, unfortunately, there are still weak points in the system. Uh, I have to say that. But a lot of the products, uh, a lot of the companies, uh, in, uh, Lebanese companies, are abiding by 
local and international standards, especially those companies that are aiming for export. And we have a lot of companies that export to Europe, to the U.S., and I can't say that these don't abide by uh, any regulations or any standards because they are obliged to do that. So a, a, a lot of these companies really do have uh, high standards. They do have high quality products that they sell both in the market and for export. And on the other hand, there are some companies that still don't, uh, abide by local standards and they don't really test their products and these what we call under the uh, Daraj companies or, yeah, right. uh, you know what I mean under uh, the table <laughs> under the table companies <laughs> yeah. they start small but then they grow and yeah. the, the difficulty is Rami with this is that if you register a company okay the government can track you and can issue warrants against you and they can inspect your facilities and that's why most of the registered companies are the ones that are abiding by the rules and regulations. And those that are working or conducting work under the table are the ones that are not registered. So the government doesn't have any record of them. So they cannot go and inspect them because there is no record for them. What are they going to inspect? A ghost that is not there on papers? So that's the problem. We're not scared about from companies or products produced by companies that are registered with the government. The, 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 the scare is from those small factories that open here and there and, and, and don't register and release their products into the market. And that's a dangerous aspect. And what about imported products that don't come through the airport or the port that are smuggled across the border, which presumably has been going on for many years? Is that a, a problem, you think? I think uh, that is a big problem as well. Uh, similar to those companies that will do business under the table that you cannot track them, whatever is being smuggled barely gets uh, caught unless it's being sold in a supermarket or in retail stores that are registered. And that's rare because, you know, with the taxes and the registration and those uh, companies trying to pay uh, the VAT and, and register the products and try to be legal, uh, these illegal substances get distributed illegally in, in small stores, come in, in areas that uh, you cannot have control on or, or, or they end up being sold to clients or to customers that are unable to verify their authenticity and unable to verify the, their safety. Right. You've, you've described a lot of activities that essentially take place towards the end of the uh, chain of, of production and distribution and whatever. So you'll, you'll take materials, check them before they're, they're in the market or if they're already in the market. Do you see it as part of your work and is it part of AUB's wider mission to try to enter this process earlier on in the chain, like working with farmers for instance, or with investors who want to get into a business. Now many might want to get into producing local foods and local products like pharmaceuticals or other things because importing is so expensive. Do you have a role to get in there at the beginning of that process to help them set standards from the start that will produce healthy products? Uh, that's a really good question. And yes, we are involved in this we, are, uh, we have signed an MOU with uh, something called the Coot Cluster. It is a cluster of startups under the Beritech Initiative. 
And we do offer services before the products are being released and throughout the development processes. So, so more, mainly those uh, companies that are, or startups that are under coot uh, cluster uh, do seek our input in product development. In, uh, and when I say product development, it's not only developing a product, but testing the product, testing the shelf life of these products. And we, do ha- we have done... Uh, several shelf life studies from chocolate to uh, dips to uh, uh, baked snacks to uh, cereal bars and and, and many other products. I I can't uh, list them all, but we've been doing shelf life studies for the past uh, five years. Even I've been doing shelf life studies uh, for the past five years, even before taking, uh, adding the service to uh, leaf. So, We've done that, and we we do a lot of product development for a lot of companies. Uh, we 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 uh, serve uh, the industry as a whole from uh, if you want from conception up to market uh, up to market. Yep. Wow. Um, so let's talk about something really serious now. Are the many ish we get in Lebanon safe? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a question people, every once in a while you read a story in the press about... It, it depends yeah. where you get your za'atar from. <laughs> ah, really? Za'atar yeah. is the main issue? What about the, the, the oil? Zatar, the, the oil, the za'atar, the, the wheat and all that. Like A lot of the wheat that uh, is in the market may be contaminated or there's a high risk for the wheat. Let me put it that way. There's a high risk for wheat to be contaminated with toxins. Uh, because of the uh, storage uh, capabilities and the facilities for that. And it is a sensitive product. So, yeah, then the bread could be contaminated with aflatoxins. But a lot of those are being tested before they uh, get imported or as they are being stored. And uh, uh, with that, uh, we also, the za'atar can be contaminated. The spices, there are a lot of contamination with the spices you've got. Uh, risk of heavy metals, you've got risk of spores, uh, and uh, a lot of uh, uh, <clears throat> the sesame as well. It, it might be contaminated with salmonella. So there, there are depending on the source, and and because these are like uh, not really treated, especially using the sesame in the zatar mix, uh, you're you're just roasting it. You know, and it's not like extensively killing the uh, microorganisms. So you have to make sure that the products coming in to the country are 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 safe before being used. So there are high risks with with, with the manushi these days, and with cheese, with dairy products as well. Dairy uh, is is uh, with the financial crisis, the absence of uh, electricity, uh, and the problem with uh, uh, not a lot of storage. Uh, stores or, or uh, if you want, uh, bakeries have access to electricity 24 hours a day. That puts a risk on the storage of, of cheese and dairy products. Right. Uh, we've almost uh, run out of time. We've only got a few minutes left. Let me ask you for, uh, one question first about the uh, environment part of the, your title of Laboratories for the Environment, Agriculture and Food. Um, what is it you do that focuses specifically on the environment? So we do a lot of environmental testing. And with the environment, we look at 
the wastewater treatment plants. We look at the effluents and influence, uh, effluents and affluents from the wastewater treatment plants. We work with uh, Le Pop and uh, the Ministry of Environment, uh, evaluating the quality of uh, wastewater treatment uh, or treated wastewater that is being released into the rivers, especially the Litani River. Uh, we've uh, covered with them a lot of uh, projects under uh, this initiative, the Le Pap initiative, which was is funded by the World Bank. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we've worked also on uh, soil assessment for a lot of agricultural uh, projects that are being uh, implemented. You know, with, with the crisis, a lot of people have shifted to agriculture, local agriculture. So they wanted to test the quality of their soil and uh, what are the constituents of the soil and uh, so that they can uh, add the uh, required fertilizers and not over fertilize, you know, you need to keep a, a balance. So you need to know what initially is there. So that's a uh, part of what we, we've, we've done to the environment. We also do a lot of air quality measurements. We do have, uh, uh, we do like, uh, for example, uh, for uh, the waste treatment plant uh, in Jibjenin, for example, they installed new filters for their uh, composting facility. We did the air quality and we did the measurement of uh, the efficiency of their filters uh, that, that is filtering the air coming out of those facilities. And um, we do a lot of uh, uh, testing on, uh, for example, uh, uh, so we did wastewater. We do a lot of drinking water uh, for for uh, wells and springs that feed uh, different uh, municipalities. Uh, we do a lot of. We cover a lot of those. So you've mentioned quite a few areas, uh, the, all of which are important to the well-being of ordinary citizens, whether directly or indirectly. Do you make your results available to the public? To is it is it part of your um, mandate to publish the results to so if there are some uh, soils that are not, not ideal or unhealthy to plant in do you make that known to the public or you only give your results to the technical bodies who are doing this okay there is a confidentiality issue here uh, and whoever owns the site and whoever pays for the test is the one who owns the results. It's just like you going to your doctor and he prescribes for you to go and do a blood test, for example. Nobody sees the blood tests except you, at the lab, and your doctor because you're sharing it with them. So what we do is our clients ask us for the testings. We, they supply us with the samples. Uh, they will get the results. And if they want further consultancy on... Uh, to evaluate or to talk about the results, they would go to their uh, to uh, a consultant, or we can uh, we also offer that consulting service for them. Okay. Uh, last question: What's next on your agenda? What's next? Uh, we are trying. We're working on uh, achieving our ISO certification, ISO seventeen thousand twenty-five, which is uh, uh, a certification for laboratories, and we're trying to uh, keep our uh, quality and uh, proficiency uh, of the tests and efficient, improving on the efficiency. Lately, we have achieved one, uh, uh, one goal that we, were, we set for 2021, which is installing a, a laboratory information management system, a LIMS. And that was, uh, I, I, 
I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate or I want to thank the uh, Epic team, the Beaker team, and uh, the IT team at the ABMC and my team at Leaf for doing that. And that was one uh, project that was uh, that we set for 2021, and we did that in eight months in record time. And uh, we are working on expanding our services, looking at maybe trying to fundraise right now to get new equipment. A lot of our equipment is uh, aging, if you want. Like a lot of it is more than 15 years old. And you know the life of an equipment in a, in a lab like this is about 10 years max. We have exceeded uh, the life of many of our equipment. We're working on uh, fundraising. Uh, trying and these this is a very challenging time to do that but we're trying to and uh, we're trying to keep our standards and keep our uh, uh, keep professional as much as we can uh, with uh, offering our uh, testing services we have participated or we are still participating in profici- international proficiency testing programs uh, to keep our testings and our results comparable uh, to standard to international standards uh, across uh, the world, mainly Europe, U.S. and uh, yep, mainly well, Europe and the U.S. We've talked about many things uh, that span many uh, spheres of, of life and, and the world of science. We haven't talked about students, and we're you are at a university, but we've run out of time, so we will keep that. For the next, uh, can we say one time? small thing about sure. the students? Yeah. Uh, regarding students, uh, our uh, doors are always open for student volunteers, and we take inter- student interns throughout the year for uh, eight uh, weeks uh, to uh, from eight weeks, which is two months, up to six months trainings, and we do have uh, a, a, a program that we have established for these students. And by the end of their internship, they can receive a certificate of uh, accomplishment and uh, that uh, we train them across various disciplines from microbiology to biochemistry to uh, chemical analysis to physical analysis. And we have a, a good program for students to, to join us. And we have our doors open. They can uh, submit their CVs. We do a quick interview with them try to evaluate their proficiencies and place them in the departments of interest and train them throughout this period. Wow. Well, there's a lot more to talk about. We will uh, have you back down the road because I know you, I, I'd like the audience to hear about your uh, pioneering work in uh, researching how to recycle food or to create new foods out of food waste and things like that, which you've been involved with many of your colleagues. But we've run out of time. Our guest has been Professor Mohammed Abiyad, Director of Laboratories for the Environment, Agriculture, and Food in the Faculty of Agriculture and Agriculture and Food Sciences. Thank you, Mohammed, for being with us. Thank you, Rami, for having me. Thanks for the audience also for joining us. I'm Rami Khoury, your host, Professors at Work. Join us again next week. Bye for now. <laughs>